Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me today with my guest, Marcy Klein. She is the founder and CEO of Klein Creative Media. Welcome to the show, Marcy. Well, thank you for having me, Marcy. I'm excited to be here. I am. I'm excited. I think the last time we saw each other was probably at a LAX Coastal Chamber meeting. It's we we both belong to the chamber, but I haven't seen you in a while. So this is really fun to have you join me today because, girl, you are one interesting woman, and I am just <laughs> delighted to be able to share with our with our listeners what you are all about. So let's just start off by getting to know you a little bit. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Sure. Well, um, as you know, my company is called Klein Creative Media, which um, we do video production, um, video production and drones and stills. But how I got there is an yes. interesting story. I went, to, <laughs> I went to UC San Diego for my, um, for my college education, and I went in undeclared. I had zero idea of what I wanted to do when I grew up. I, I kind of thought I wanted to be a lawyer like my dad, but didn't end up going in that direction. I ended up, the other thing is I loved the beach. And so being at UC San Diego, I, was, I looked through the mm-hmm. course syllabus. And I'm like, hmm, what <laughs> could be the least amount of coursework <laughs> so I can have the most amount of time on the beach? And that was communications. So communications, in order to take communications as your major, because I came in undeclared, I had to take a class called VA70, which taught you how television worked. And we actually had hands-on equipment. We learned about how technology worked at that time. It's changed a lot since then. But um, I walked into that class. I fell madly in love with making stories with video camera. I mean, I literally, I wanted to be the star of the movie. I wanted to direct the movie. (laughs) I wanted to write the movie. Everything. I was so bossy. Um, Mm. And so that really, that experience, um, using the video camera and learning about how television worked made me want to pursue that as a career with and that's what I did and for a long time which we're going to be talking about but I do need first of all I want to spell your name because not everybody that has name is Marcy spells it the same way so you spell your Marcy M-A-R-C-I and you spell your last name Klein K-L-E-I-N now for those of you listening that just went to just Google search Marcy Klein. <laughs> How are you related to Calvin Klein? <laughs> that is the funniest thing ever. Everybody, I, mean, I can't tell you how many calls I get asking me that. I'll be honest with you, I am not related. Although it would have been a nice, um, <laughs> it would have been nice to have um, Calvin Klein's pocketbook as, as my yes. uh, legacy. But uh, unfortunately, my dad is Joel Klein, 
So no, that's not unfortunate. That's great. a good thing, honey. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I mean, yes. Unfortunately, I don't have. A, I won't be getting a Calvin Klein's uh, inheritance. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Around, I, know. But, um, I know. I know about the. I know about the other Marcy Klein because the two of us, we've been inter interconnected on IMDb, which is the um, database for people who are in the entertainment business. Right. When I was a TV director, um, all through my TV career, my 20-year career in television. I would get her emails. I would get phone calls <laughs> for her. Um, she worked on Saturday Night Live and um, and Thirty Rock, and people called me all the time, thinking that we're the same That's person. Funny. But yeah, but we're not. I'm the other. You're not. Decline. But you are <laughs> one heck of a woman. So you know, I, I, when people go to your website, and let me just tell people how they can find you. So it's sure. Klein Creative Media. Just the way it sounds. Make sure you spell Klein correctly. K L E I N creativemedia.com. It's a cool website. There you are with the camera around your neck. Okay, so you mentioned <laughs> television directing. How did you get into television directing? What's that experience like? Oh, well, actually, you know, I told you I, in school I learned how to work in television. And I spent the, I mean, how television worked. I spent most of my, um, my college career making videos. And it's kind of funny, my senior project was, my, my professor um, loved my senior project, and she had some connections in Hollywood, and she connected me to, actually, to PBS. And PBS mm. in Chicago actually purchased my senior project, my documentary called Breaking the Boys Network. And so before I even graduated college, I had something on television, which was super cool. And yeah. um yeah, and that same um, professor get, got me some introductions into Hollywood, and I started doing, you know, the typical um, interviewing with different Hollywood people using relationships with people I knew. And this is kind of a funny story. So my, even though my professor was kind of connected in Hollywood, the way that I got my first real job in Hollywood, got my start, was my older sister was a CPA, or actually still is, and I mm-hmm. called her and I said, I don't know anybody. I don't, how do I, you know, I don't know any Hollywood people. And she said, well, let me ask some of the other accountants in my office. So she asked one of the other accountants in her office if they had any connections. And they connected me to the president of Viacom. Oh. So Viacom's a huge, I know, right? Um, right. It was a, a, a gentleman. It was a gentleman named Tom Tenenbaum who was the president at that time. And I went ahead and she, as a courtesy to my sister's accounting firm, they granted me an interview. So I get an interview. Here I am, this young kid out of college, and I get an interview with Tom Tannenbaum, and I'm sitting in his office, and he says, what do you want to do, you know, when you grow up? And I'm like, well, I'd like to work in television. He picks up the phone, makes a phone call to this show that was working on the Lorimar TV lot at the time called Jake and the Fat Man. And he said, hey, do you guys have any jobs, um, any PA jobs? Um, I've got this girl in my office who's interested. Next thing you know, I get a phone call from Jake and the Fat Man, and they brought me in and hired me on the spot because I was Tom Tenenbaum's girl. <laughs> so I didn't really know Tom Tenenbaum, but just that relationship, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Got me my mm-hmm. first job as a production assistant in Hollywood. God. And I, I spent – crazy, right, how that works? It, you know, it sounds crazy to maybe many people that are listening. It's not crazy in my world. It, it, and he, and here's how, why I say that, because I've never met a stranger. I will talk to anyone 
that seems respe- receptive to a conversation about anything. And just be, you know, your sister, conversa- my, my tagline, Marcy, is conversations plus connections equals community. That could apply to you. And, 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 and you have to do it for the right reasons. You know, you, you, you're, just, you're not just out just about yourself. But, but, I mean, yes, you want to make these connections. Obviously, I can't have a podcast without guests. Obviously, you can't get into Hollywood without a connection. I understand all of that. But sure. then you have to earn your mm-hmm. way through. And, um, and you certainly have, my God. So I thought maybe for those, <laughs> those people that are listening, I go, Really? I thought you could just sort of tell us about those experiences and achievements that you received during your, I was it 20 years um, um, doing that? Were you doing that for 20 years? Yes. Oh, well, yes. Let's, let's so, tell us about it. That's a long time. It's a really long time. So basically after becoming, getting my foot in the door as a production assistant, then it's all about making relationships and, of course, mm-hmm. always doing a good job, but it's all about those yes. relationships. So people on on my show moved on to another show, and those people and people just spread out and they they bring their people with them. So somebody spread out from my show and went over to reality TV, and I ended up working on a show on what's called INLA, which is funny because they've um, brought that back nowadays. But hmm. it was back then. It was with Chuck, it was with Chuck Henry. Oh, anyways, Chuck Henry, the news spread, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. was in he was in um, entertainment news entertainment mm-hmm. um, previously. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I became a production coordinator on that show. The next show is a um, production. I mean, I was production manager. The next show I was a researcher. The next show I was a segment producer. The next show I was a segment director. And you, I basically moved on and on and on, always sure. climbing up the ladder. The next rung, um, and I can't even tell you. I'm, there's probably a hundred television shows on my resume but some of the last shows that I was working on were um entertain um sorry e entertainment television mm-hmm. um extreme dating um eliminate mm-hmm. which is the precursor to um the the bachelor which I'm sure everybody mm-hmm. knows about the bachelor right we were actually right. producing eliminate down the hall from huh. when the bachelor came in yeah in fact my executive producer who came up with the um concept for eliminate it's basically eliminate is the bachelor, but instead of having um, 25 girls or guys vying for the single person, there was only four, and a, hmm. someone was eliminated every every commercial break. And so at the end of the at the end of the half hour, you had um, you know a love match, hopefully. So that was a yeah. that was a very fun show to work on. Yeah. Um, I- there were a few others though that this, that people are familiar with that that you did over those times, right? Oh yeah, like um, I did um, Entertainment Tonight, a little bit of right. um, um, Extra. I did Extra. Um, mm-hmm. So many. Nice. Um, Doctor Phil was a big. Actually, Doctor Phil was the last show that I ended up working mm-hmm. on before I decided to leave television. Wow. Well, that's a that's a Doctor Phil. You know, I don't. I don't have the same TV habits I had when I was much younger when I just was living a different lifestyle then, but, you know, obviously people know who Dr. Phil is. Um, and I'm looking, I'm looking at your website right now as I'm speaking right. with you, and I'm uh-huh. trying to place the physical location of the background. Is that downtown L.A.? Is that what I'm looking at? 
Oh, the, the shot of me. Yeah, the shot of me shooting. Um, I'm yes. shooting a for a client. Yes, in downtown okay. Los Angeles. It's it's really it's it, your. I love your website. I mean, I really do love your website. Thank I you. Think people certainly need to visit it. But after being with Dr. Phil and getting all of your problems resolved, oh wait, no, you weren't on this show. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, no. So you know you weren't. So um, so why did you decide to leave television after 20 years? Well, that's a great question. So when I was at the Dr. Phil show, I had one baby at home and one on the way. And kind of one day I ended up after working a 16-hour day, my nanny was basically making double the amount of money that I was because I had her on for so many hours. And I was sure. thinking to myself, what am, I, what am I doing? What am I doing? Do I really mm -hmm. want to have children to have someone else raise them? And I thought, you know what? Even though I didn't, I loved television so much, I decided mm -hmm. it was time to stay home, and I decided mm -hmm. to go cold turkey, and I stayed home for eight years raising my kids, being a mommy, and loving it. I was going to say, but did you love it? Yeah. I yeah, did love it. I did yeah, love I know. it. But yeah. I'll tell you one thing, Marsha. What's being that? a mommy, for me, for me, being a mommy, with, it's easier to direct a set with 30 people on it <laughs> than to be a mommy of two babies in diapers. I can tell oh, you I that. Oh, what's the yeah, age difference between your two children? What are the age differences? 18 months. Oh, 18 God, months. yes. You're right. Yeah. Boys, girls? <laughs> what, what are you, two what, boys. What are two boys. Okay. I have two boys. I've got Blake, who's, um, who's 19 years old right now, and Tyler, who's 17. And they're both amazing, and I'm, uh, I'm, I've never done anything better in my whole life than have two children. Okay, so obviously we cannot see our listeners. But if I was right. in a, on a stage crew right now and I was to say to all of these moms in the audience, raise your hand if you have a boy and you have a girl. How many of you think the girls are harder to raise than the boys? i got to tell you, the hands would be up enormously. Boys are so much easier. My son is older than my daughter, and, I mean, there's just, I don't know why. It's just that was been my experience. So I was definitely a stay-at-home mom as well um, for, the, for, the, for their entire, entire childhood. I didn't even go to work until my kids oh, were off so to blessed. college. I was very, I, and, don't, and I don't take that lightly, I was very blessed to have my husband have a job that allowed me to do that. So it was great. Okay, but this isn't about me and my family. So now let's get <laughs> Otherwise, I'd make it all about me, right? Okay, so so you started your, your own video production company. After being that stay-at-home mom for eight years, so why did, you, why did you decide to do this after those eight years? Well... It, you know, there's a few different reasons. Um, well, first of all, um, I kind of started getting, like, really itching to be creative again, really, really mm -hmm. itching to do that. And kind of while I was at stay-at-home mom, I did a few things. Like, at my kids' preschool, the, I would, like, edit the, the, um, the kids' yearbook, their, the, the yearbook together for the, mm -hmm. for the moms, mm -hmm. for the parents, you know, at the school. And so I started dabbling in little creative things. And um, some mom had me do her, her daughter's first five years video. And so I did like a beautiful collage, you know, promoting mm -hmm. her daughter's first five years, you know, taking all the footage and editing it into a story. And so that was kind of getting my creative juices flowing. And then 
I, I don't know, something happened and I sort of came up with this idea called um, to, do a, to do a pilot called, um, hmm. what was I calling it? Yeah, I, I called it, um, it was called Court Kids. And it was basically stage moms for tennis. Um, oh, that and, kind of court, I, a tennis court. Tennis court, yeah, court kids. Yeah, I, yes. I, when you said court, yes. and I went to judicial. Okay, court kids. Yes, yes, court kids. Although I did work on a, a court TV show once before, <laughs> but that's not the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah, but um, mm. but the pilot actually came out pretty funny, and I ended up pitching it to the Tennis Channel, and the Tennis Channel was quite interested. <gasps> but the way that they, the way that their um their model worked back at the time, they asked me if I could incorporate because I was going to have to be getting sponsors and doing all these kinds of things. So mm-hmm. I became a corporation um, just so I could sell this pilot to the tennis channel because they actually greenlit it. It was actually quite funny. It was about this tennis coach who was, he was like way over the edge, crazy, like a yeller, kind of funny, super wacky personality. And all these parents, you know, they really like overparented their children, making them, you know, they wanted their kids to be the best tennis players in the world. And, you know, they couldn't – tennis was first priority, but their grades had to be insane, insanely great. And so we had these insane coach, insane t- um, parents, <laughs> and it made a really funny show. It was a reality show. And um, anyways, it, and it did not end up going. The Tennis Channel ended up not – ended up, they did not move forward. But here I am with a corporation. Um, I have, like, a little pilot under my belt. I started getting the creative itch and just sort of it was a perfect storm for me to think, hmm, maybe I should start doing something, go, be creative again, but I don't want to be in a position where I have to go to work because I still want to be a mommy. So mm-hmm. I decided to start doing some business videos. And so then I, I got, I joined the Chamber of Commerce. Well, at first mm-hmm. I joined the Redondo Beach one before I joined the LAX Chamber that you and I are in mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But joined the Chamber of Commerce and started meeting some business owners um, and started dabbling a little bit. Um, and then this is the funniest story. So um, I, had, I had a C-section with both of my children. And I never really – and I I'm, I'm live near the beach, so I'm always wearing a bikini. And I just mm-hmm. did not like the way that my body um, was in my bikini because it was like there was a big lump where my section scar was. So I know this is sounding like really off off the wall. No, I, I love these pl- stories. <laughs> but I ended up going to a plastic surgeon to ask him if he could fix my C-section scar, and turns out that the nurse was a mom who I had done her daughter's first five-year video. Unbeknownst to okay, me, I didn't great. know she was a a nurse. So in, right. the, in the exam room, when they're looking at my C-section scar, she's bragging to the doctor about, oh my gosh, you have to see this woman's video work. She's so good. Blah, blah, blah. You should see the blah, blah, blah. She was um, talking me up. Next thing you know, the plastic surgeon had hired me to do a half-hour mommy makeover video. He was doing a contest mm-hmm. where one woman in the community was going to be doing a mommy makeover, and he was going to take her you know, shopping, take her, get, get new wardrobe, new hair, new glasses, new, new body, new wardrobe, new everything. And so I took her, I, I did, we did 12 little segments and created a half hour show, which is basically, you know, I showed the befores and the afters and we watched this woman go through a full mommy makeover. And my experience, because I had worked on the TV show, The Swan, which was all about plastic surgery, I'd spent 
had spent hours and hours behind the scenes in plastic surgery, it was a hmm. perfect connection. And so um, here I am kind of doing this business video right out of the gate. And so, and I was hired to do it. So I realized that I should be doing business videos. Like I do have the skills. I hadn't forgotten mm-hmm. everything by being a stay-at-home mom. And so that sort of fueled my creative fire to, to, um, to start, you know, getting new clients, business clients. Yeah. I think that's such a great story. I, I, I love that. And um, I have, I, photography is, I, when people say, you know, what do you do? I, I would say that, you know, obviously I podcast, I'm involved in a lot of different things, but I love photography and I always use my um, it's a Lumix, I think it's called, and I had a small one mm-hmm. and I had mm-hmm. a big one. And, you know, then, you know, you move into the iPhones or whatever, and it's like, you know, granted, it's really nice to have a small camera in your pocket that you can just whip out and take a picture of a bee on a, on a rosebud or something. But, I mean, I really do love what the camera can do. And I did a lot of traveling before I started podcasting, and... I took all of those pictures, whether I was in Africa on a safari or wherever I might have been. I always used a camera. And my cousin is a surfing photographer and and and, and a well-known surfing photographer. And it's always funny because I'm looking at this your website and I can see that you looks like you're shooting with a Canon. And some people use Canons and some people use Nikons. It's sort of like saying, hey, they're both cars. One drives a Chevy, one drives a Ford. They're both going to get you where you're going. So I noticed that, <laughs> that, that you, are, you are a Canon person, which I, I, just, I notice little things like that. But I, I love the way you were able to just sort of transition, which is a great term, I think, from what you were doing to what you were familiar with doing and then making these connections because your eyes are wide open and you notice things. That's, that's what makes you so, so, um, so successful in what you're doing. And I know you've gotten a lot of accolades. Um, I, I know that. And I, and I also know that you are modest and that's fine. <laughs> you can be modest. However, you are highly accomplished, and I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing with our audience just some of the things that you have received. It, it's pretty remarkable. Why don't you share that with us? Oh, thank you. Um, let's see. So I think that probably my favorite award was my L.A. Emmy Award. And oh, yeah. the reason that it's my favorite, <laughs> the reason mm-hmm. my favorite is because I was working on a joint project with 12 other women directors. And hmm. so it was a joint project. I'm a member of the Directors Guild of America. And so um, the Directors Guild at that point in time was trying, and they still are, was trying to really represent, get women more representation, could in, have more women doing directing jobs. But this one, um, we all 12 women, we all volunteered to do this collaborative project. It was a one hour for, um, for the city of Santa Monica called it Santa Monica, a community that cares. And all 12 of us mm-hmm. were in charge of one different story. And we, the stories were woven together to um, create a one hour. And all 12 of us got to go up on stage and accept the, um, the Emmy award. And it was mm-hmm. just one of the greatest times, you know, especially with showing, this was way back, um, 
in the like in the, in the late 90s. So being able okay. to win an award with other women before women were really being promoted, because now it, now it's very common. You know, I'm so grateful that women are being promoted more now. But back then, mm-hmm. women were not were very underrepresented in television, and the, the few of us that we're actually doing it, it, we felt really proud to be kind of blazing the way. I bet. So, yeah, so I were appreciate your, that award. Were, I, I bet. Were your, did, you, did you grow up in a family? Now, you mentioned your dad was an attorney, not Calvin right. Klein, that guy. Um, right. <laughs> did, did, you, did, did you grow up in a family that was really creative like you are? Actually, no. No, That's not, interesting. not really at all. No. Right. You mm-hmm. added that dimension to yourself. That's what it sounds like to me that you that you added this this dimension. I mean, you know, I think that this is really it. It just comes like a full circle because I mean, obviously you're a business owner, and um, and you know, I mean, you've been doing this for quite some time too, and I'm, and you're an author. I mean, I mean, there's just no end to what what it is you do, and I I think that that that's what makes you so very interesting. And speaking about, you know, being an author, I know that you have co-authored uh, two Amazon best-selling business books. I think one's called Women in Business Leading the Way and one's called Women in Business Breaking Through. I'd like to, I'd like to hear about these books um, so that people understand what you wrote about. Sure. Um, well, it's, kind of interesting women um the first women in business leading the way mm-hmm. i decided to write compare um to, and juxtapose my experience surfing with my experience doing business videos and being successful in business so i don't i don't know if i if we mentioned it but i'm really into surfing very into no surfing. not to them yes okay well you lived <laughs> you mentioned you lived in san diego um, and I um, mean, when you were going to college, before you moved to San Diego to go to college, where were you living? Um, I grew up in Long Beach, and then went to okay, UC San so, Diego. Okay, and UC that's San where Diego. I learned to surf at UC San Diego. Yeah, I learned mm-hmm. to surf at UC San Diego. And um, the reason I was able to learn to surf is because I told you I took communications. I didn't have to. My classes, I didn't have to have, have such a full schedule as everybody else. I spent a right. lot of time on the beach learn, learning how to surf. And actually, that stayed with me, and it's kind of part of my production company now. To be honest with you, you um, know what's interesting about that is I'm 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 older than you, obviously, mm-hmm. and growing up in Westchester, which is by the beach as well, um, in junior high school, boys and girls started surfing. It was very very common, more common for the boys. And and they, we were kids. We were in junior high. You know, the boys started surfing, then the girls started surfing, and so many people, you know, really started surfing. Um, I know you must be familiar with Poe's Beach, and, um, and and there were a lot of competitions down there for surfing. So, you know, people that that maybe live inland, maybe have never even been to the east or west coast to even appreciate what surfing is all about because... I grew up with the surfing music. You know, I grew up with the Beach Boys mm-hmm. and the, you know, um, Dick Dale and the Deltones and all of that music that was so popular when I was a youth. And it's it's just cool to know that you enjoyed surfing so much and how it translated 
frankly, into what you just said about about writing and 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 that experience. I think that's so cool. So, in leading the way in that first book, what, what what's the concept of that particular book? Well, it's all about how um, not not giving up. You know, going for your dream. Like even if it's scary, if you fall off your board, you get back on. The same thing with business. You, if you make a mistake, you keep going. You try again. You don't give up. And um, your life depends on it. Sometimes you know, surfing is dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to you have to be smart and you have to understand the conditions of the of the of the ocean. And you can't control the ocean, but you have to learn how to be in the ocean and. Um, and the same way you need to be in your in your um, in your business, you need to mm-hmm. figure it out and um, and not give up. And that's kind of what I wrote about. Um, and one of the things that one of the things I wrote about is actually fear. Um, you know, it's, it can be very scary. There's so many things that can be very scary, but if you conquer that fear and you go for it anyways, um, you get this confidence on the other end. And it relates so much to surfing and to business. I remember um, when I, one of the times I took my first solo surf trip, I got on a plane by myself and went to Costa Rica, just me and my surfboard. And it was terrifying, but I knew I wanted to do it. And once I did that, now I feel confident that I can go anywhere in the world with me and my surfboard. And you can assimilate in with your, your type of people. You find your people when you travel mm-hmm. alone, which can be mm-hmm. scary for some people. Mm-hmm. And um, but conquering your fear you have to conquer your fear in situations like traveling by yourself, but you also have to conquer your fear in business. Um, you have to be you have to be brave enough to raise your prices, to ask ask people to pay you what you're worth. It can be very scary, right? You know, right? It, well, you know, and and a, just frankly, just a woman-owned business itself is, you know, something you don't see a lot of, and uh, you know, I think that. It's interesting. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about surfing and how it, it interconnects with you. But I can see, I can understand what you're saying. And, you know, just as a side, what's going on right now on our West Coast beaches with these blue things that are making the blue tide, I mean the blue waves, have you have you seen that? Have you gone to the ocean at night to see that? Whatever oh, those, the phosphorescence. Those, yes. Have you seen that? Phosphorescence. Yes, they do that. They, it happens every year. Yeah, it, it happens every year. It's a they're a. Um, I think they're a microorganism, mm-hmm. and I think and yeah, and the when the waves splash, or you can put your hand in the water and wave it back and forth, and you can make the blue. It's right. Really, during COVID, we <laughs> during, during COVID when we all were not supposed to be out, you know, we were supposed to be mm-hmm. at home. A lot of us who live by the beach would go to the beach and enjoy that, and we had a lot of phosphorescence during that that point in time. Right, that's during right. During summer. So yeah. is so your first book in um, leading the way. You wrote that book, and and I'll make sure that people can find that on Amazon or wherever they buy books. And then you wrote the second book, Women in Business: Breaking Through. Is is there is there a different um um focus on that book separate from the first book yes the common theme is is fear but that mm-hmm. one is my fear of of flying an airplane which i know it sounds kind of crazy but i actually am afraid of heights but i wanted to make my business better and to do that 
um, I thought drone videography would be a great way to enhance my my product for my clients to be able to include drone videography. But in, in 2015, when I was making that decision, in order to be a drone pilot, you actually had to be a real pilot in a sport, light sport trike at minimum. So you had to be a sports pilot at minimum, or you could be a private pilot in order to get your drone license to be able to use your footage legally to sell. So I was scared to death, terrified of heights, but I actually studied for six months and became a pilot. I'm a Part 61 sport pilot, and I had to take this light sport trike and fly it 25 nautical miles by myself. And it was, they call it a cross-country flight. I had to fly this little thing. It's like a hang glider with a little motorcycle attached, a two-seater. Yes. I had to fly it all the way from, from Hawthorne Airport to Brackett Field um, over the mountains. It was absolutely, I know, crazy, but I am... I wanted to become a pilot because I wanted to sell my drone footage. So I needed to become a pilot and, a, and have a, what's called a 333 exemption from the FAA. So I got to those things, became a pilot. Therefore, I was legally able to sell my footage to television, to news shows, to um, any professional um, real estate videos, anything I wanted, I could sell it to legally. And um, one year later, they changed at the FAA made a change. You did not have to become a pilot anymore. They, they hmm. created this new type of, <laughs> type of class called a Part 107, which is you learn, you learn the importance of understanding airspace and such from a book on the ground, but you never have to actually physically go up in an airplane in order to become a drone pilot. So, but I'm grandfathered in, so I conquered my fear and became a pilot um, and it's kind of cool. Like, it's really yeah. cool to be able to fly above the beach. It's absolutely amazing um, to actually be able to get in an airplane and bring a friend and go fly along the coast in the South Bay. It's really phenomenal. <laughs> so so to, to understand, because I'm a little bit confused, because I didn't okay. even realize there were things called drone pilots. I was just at Dodger Stadium a few weeks ago, and they had this whole drone production when um, the game was over, like fireworks, but there was nobody in those that I don't believe, right? It's just a drone show. That's not the same as being a drone pilot. No, I know it seems crazy. A drone pilot is a person, me, who stands Uh on the floor with a little remote control that looks like your, um, I mean, it looks like your kid's Xbox controller. It's like this little controller, and you are controlling a drone, from the ground. It's like a remote control airplane. Oh. That's oh, what it so is. So you see? So, okay. So you know what? I'm very literal, which oftentimes really messes me up because <laughs> I saw that picture of that, like, tricycle kind of thing you were talking about. So I assumed right. that that's what you're always in, but that's not the case. No. Now your feet are no, on the I, ground. And the yes, drone I was in that is, little. I was Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. Explain this. Keep, keep, keep going. No, keep going. Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right on target. I, if you go on to my website and you look, you'll see pictures of me in my airplane, which is a light sport trike. But that was the only, I had to fly that just in order to get my license, my pilot's license. Then I had to translate that to being to standing on the ground. So on the ground, um, you operate a remote control and fly a little miniature airplane. 
that, you know, okay. a, a remote with no pilot in it, a drone, it's called a UAS, um, Unmanned um, Aerial System. So okay. a drone is unmanned. A drone is on the unmanned, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with no, that in no mind, <laughs> well, you know, okay, go ahead. You, you, don't, you don't know what you don't know, and I, you know, I'm, I always ask questions because I figure if I don't know, maybe somebody else doesn't know. So when well, I was at Dodger Stadium watching this incredible drone show, light show, at night, it was, yes. it was at 10 mm-hmm. o'clock at night, um, and, I mean, it, there were, I don't know, hundreds of drones in this production and so are you saying that somewhere along the field or wherever they were located people were manually operating each one of those independently well i'm not going to be an expert on that because i have not actually seen that um um, um, operated in person but what i'm told about those is those are computers that a computer oh. is operating those because they have to be in sync, so incredibly in sync. Oh, I could be wrong. No, but, you're probably um, that makes so I, much more sense. Because yeah. when the drones first started getting popular, and and I'm just I'm going back in my memory now. Wasn't there some issue about people's privacy? Like, oh, this drone is flying over my house, and now it's looking at me in my backyard, or something like that. Am, do I have that? Am I confused about that? Nope, you are 100% correct, and it's it's still an issue. People still think that a lot of people do think that drones are being used to spy. Um, I don't, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can tell you when I fly a drone, I'm flying to get beautiful aerial shots for some mm. sort of production, some something cinemat- cinematic for uh, for one of my productions. But I suppose there's probably a handful of bad bad guys or gals sure. who use it inappropriately, and sure. you know. People are sensitive nowadays, so I can understand both both concerns, you know. Um, but that's, and it doesn't that's not matter. <laughs> and in, in your situation, does it matter if it's daytime or nighttime when you're doing this? Well, in the old days, you had to get a special nighttime permit in order to fly drones. Uh, it was called a, um, a waiver, a nighttime waiver, which I actually worked really hard to get. And mm-hmm. I do have a nighttime waiver. It's the, drones are very hard to see at night. Um, it's really hard to see where you're flying. Your depth perception is, is, is altered a little bit when there's no light. So it's very complicated. But nowadays they changed, and the FAA created some new guidelines. And as long as you're following the guidelines that they have set forth, you can fly at night if you're a, if you're a professional drone pilot. Wow. That's, that's really fascinating. And speaking of fascinating and and sort of piloting here. Um, I want to talk about your documentary, and I'll make sure that people can find this on your website. But, I mean, really, your website is so complete that if people just go to your website, they can scroll all over the place and find these things. But you've, you've done a documentary, or you're in the or you're, it's, it's an ongoing documentary, I believe, called yes. Five Fly Girls. It's about five female flight attendants becoming pilots for Delta. I, I, I want to hear all about this documentary, please. Sure. Well, it's kind of funny. It all kind of puts everything, it all, it all comes together full circle. I was on a surf trip in Costa Rica by myself, and I was in the lineup, and I ran into a buddy of mine 
that I knew from Redondo Beach in the lineup, mm. which is so funny. So we're, we're chatting in the lineup, and he, he ends up meeting me in the swimming pool afterwards, after surfing, with his girlfriend. So his girlfriend and I get to talking, and she's the one, she's telling me that she's uh, a flight attendant, but she's actually training to become a pilot. And she's going to be um, um, signing up for a program called Delta Propel. And then she ends up telling me that she's doing it not by herself, but that there's four other girls. They're all flight attendants, and they're kind of, they've created kind of a support system. And the, the four of them are applying together, and they're going to hopefully all get in, and they'll have five-year window in which to train to become pilots, and then they're guaranteed an interview to become a pilot at the end of the five years. Now, I, I, when she was telling me this story, I was like, oh, my gosh, this seems so interesting. Do you think that you'd want to make a documentary? Could I follow you through, along your journey? And she said, well, let me call the other girls and ask them. So she reached out to all the other girls, and I ended up getting to go to their application party at her house mm-hmm. where they all got together and applied to this program. And um, they all made it in, except one of the, one of the women, she had, had already had a one-year-old son, a one-year-old baby, and so she decided that she was going to wait and apply the following year. And so actually, it's kind of funny, I'm actually doing an update with all the women that I'm going to find out if she actually um, applied for it or not, because now she's actually about to have her second baby. Mm. So I'm not sure if she's going to make it through the program or not. But I've basically been following these women. With um, I tried to get funding. I've been doing, um, I have an Indiegogo campaign that I'm about to relaunch but I raised um, some money through Indiegogo, and we were sponsored by one airline to fly to Hawaii to follow one of the girls through. Um, she had become – she got a regional job at Mokalele Airlines, and so hmm. she was um, doing, doing inter-island flights. And so we were able to, to follow her through her journey and through um, – follow her as she island hopped on the airline, which is really amazing. And we got to get really close into the cockpit filming. Wow, that's fascinating. I'm 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 once again looking at your website while I'm speaking to you. There's a really remarkable um, statistic here that says that um, what is where, where was I just reading this about the percentage? Oh, only six point nine percent of commercial pilots in America are women, which is yes. pretty. Pretty. Um, I mean, you know that. I once again, this is probably an area that's going to change as women become more involved in other avenues of their careers, right? And so, I think this is really cool, and I think the people can learn more about that by going um, and learning more about this on your on your website. I, I, you also have a newsletter. You have all kinds of things that are available for those creative people that would like to do something. And so you're going to be really following them, it sounds like, for five years. Is that right? Yes. I'm already in, oh. We're already in year two. We're already in year two, and um, so much has changed with these women. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And um, actually, this week I'm doing on-camera interviews with all of them, getting kind mm. of their updates, like how many hours – some of them are at SkyWest Airlines, one, as you know, is at Mokalele Airlines, and they're, they're very close to being able to – it might not take them all five years. They might be able to mm. get their interview sooner. They, um, wow. It looks like the airlines have been lowering the number of hours needed 
to become a commercial pilot. And so that will affect these women, and poss- quite possibly they might be able to get through their program quicker. But they're all absolutely amazing women. They're smart. They're, um, they're dedicated. They're, they're gorgeous, which is, makes it even fun to watch. Um, yes. And um, to watch them be so successful, I mean, I'm excited for each and every one of them. I and, bet you um, are. Yeah, one yeah. of the women actually during the filming became pregnant and actually had, um, has already had a baby. Wow. And, and, and continued to fly and train, which is just phenomenal in my eyes. It is. It, it it is and and you know it's it's interesting how surfing and your business continue to tie in together because you you've been surfing forever right I mean you were just you didn't just start surfing when you went to UC San Diego did you Yes I started yes I did that's when I started but Oh been, so you didn't you know it's well, been, that was it's a while been ago, but over right. thirty years. Yeah. But you weren't yeah. surfing. You weren't surfing as a as a teenager. I guess is what I'm saying. No, no. Okay. I, I started when I was eighteen. I started when I was eighteen. Okay. And, yeah. So I'm 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 kind of a soul surfer. Not necessarily. I never really competed. Um, I mm-hmm. just love to surf, and I've used it as an opportunity to travel around the world and surf and and get God. my zen on because that's my happy place. Going well, surfing. And does it does it tie into your business? I guess it does sort of tie into your business, doesn't it? Because you talked about earlier conquering the fear, right? Yes, it's, it's conquering the fear, but it's also it's also um, the most peaceful and most beautiful thing to be sitting out in the lineup, to be sitting in the ocean and listening to the sound of the waves and seeing the beautiful skyline and the dolphins swim by and um, the birds going by and all the sea oh, lights. Yeah. It's just absolutely. It's, it's what I what I do is I I refuel my creativity every week. Mm-hmm. I go in the ocean and you know video production. It's it's super fun. I love it. I love almost everything about it. But running a business and doing video production is can be overwhelming. Sure. And my job is, my job is to be creative for my clients. And so I make it a point every week to selfishly for myself, but also for them to go surfing. I take mm-hmm. uh, every, almost every Friday, I try not to book anything on my calendar. I go mm-hmm. surfing, I refresh my creativity and I come back to work and I'm ready to come up with creative ideas. And in fact, half of my ideas, they come to me while I'm sitting in the lineup. You know, and I, I write my, I write client scripts in my head, in the lineup half of the time. Wow. It's just such a creative space for me. Let me get a definition because you know what you mean by lineup, but we're not talking about people standing <laughs> in line to go to jail. So, um, what 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 do That's you mean by lineup? Point. Yeah, what that do you mean so, by lineup? So, thank you for asking that. That's so funny. So, when you paddle out to go surfing, there's um, it's called the the um, the surf zone, where all the big you know the waves, where it's all the white foamy part. That's the surf mm-hmm. line. But you, what you need to do is go past the surf line. And once you're past the surf line and you are sitting on your surfboard floating next to all the other surfers, they call that the lineup. So you're sitting oh. kind of in the lineup. And like if, you, if, the wave is, if the wave is going to, if you're going to ride the wave to your right, whoever's in, sitting next to you to your left, they're in line first. So they get to go, they get to ride the wave, the wave first. And that's oh. how the term lineup came to be. So you're kind of, you line up and take turns. But 
you're not really in line. It's sort of a casual sort of understanding among surfers that, mm-hmm. okay, so you're on my right-hand side. You get to go left first because you're the, you're the closest to the – or the farthest away or the closest to the peak of the wave. Well, and Whoever's I, the closest I mean, to the peak, they're in line sure. first. Because this is a safety issue, clearly. You don't want to be just running yeah. into each other. Oh, that's, it's, that's, not, it's that's, more than safety. It's, it's also courtesy. It's also sort of a common. Okay. And there's a lot of people that, that aren't necessarily courteous, but um, okay. you hope that people are mature enough in the water to kind of follow the, the rules, you know? Sure, sure. The surface. So I, I, um, I wanted to just go back just, just really briefly. So you don't just do video, right? You also do photography as well? Yes. Yep, we do video, we do photography, and we do drone video and, and videography. I mean, video and still okay. photography from drones as well. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's terrific. That's that's great. Yeah. So you know, and, I think it's on our, our newest thing. Can, can I yes. show our newest thing? Oh, I'd um, love to know what's up do, next for you. Yeah. Well, we just. Oh, you know what? I can leave that till the end. I don't know okay, where we well, are. Okay. Well, <laughs> we we've got we've got ten minutes. A good 10 minutes. So take your time and tell us about what you wanted to share. Sure. Well, um, this week I got to do some really great shooting, and so I was very excited about. Um, we got to do a they, – they're calling this – it's a funny term. It's called food porn. I don't know if you've heard that term before. It's no. Like extreme, yeah, it's extreme close-up of food. It's actually just really beautiful um, – attention to detail, shooting, video, videotaping food for use in commercials or presentations for companies. And um, I'm very excited to say that we did, we, that my client on Friday was Black Angus. Mm. And we got to shoot this beautiful meat. And it's amazing. We, I, we had a food stylist and a gaffer and, and an amazing cinematographer just making the food look just delectable, just unbelievably close up and juicy and um, it's a really, really fun art form to make food on video look amazing. It's not like yeah. you're regular just running out with the camera crew. It's just a little bit more um, very specialized. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of fun doing it, and we're very excited to see. To uh, The client seems to be pretty happy so far. We'll see when they um, – we're delivering the footage, so I'm very excited to, to see how it comes out for them. And that's just kind and of how a, will a they newer use direction that we're taking. How, how, so so now you're Black like Angus. A, a, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be using it for their streaming platforms. They'll, they'll probably turn it into commercials for you know on their streaming commercials. They'll use it for on their website. They'll use it on their social media to show how nice. beautiful and delicious their their food is. Um, you, you probably can turn on the the TV or, or go on the internet and look at um, food commercials. Um, the people that work in this in this specialty are just so talented. Um, if you ever look on Instagram, sometimes you'll mm-hmm. see these amazing food presentations that are just so gorgeous. You just want to eat, uh, you know, off your computer screen. No kidding. And, um, that's well, have- <laughs> that's, that's how. So I'm I'm picturing the 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 I'm I'm just picturing the literal side. Like, would they use this maybe on their menus? Would they would they have all new menus? And would this be the cover of their menus? Um, how billboards? How how do they use it once they have it? Um, well, that would be if we t- if we did photography, but on this particular shoot, we were doing videography. They're okay. using it for moving moving images. That I mean, they can grab a still from it, 
but um, uh-huh. normally when they if, if they were going to use something for their menu, um, still something still, they would we would take photos as well. And I see. Time did not permit on this shoot for us to do photos, so we just did video. So they would use maybe a clip of a steak, you know, sizzling on the on the grill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe as if, a, you know, a five-second clip and put that on their Instagram, in addition to the full commercial that they're going to hopefully make. I think that when people see food commercials, that it, we all, we all our, our mouths start to water, especially if it's something that you really enjoy eating, you know. And it's like, oh, exactly. wow, I want that. I, I want to go there, you know. I, I think that exactly. that you, you could see where that would happen. and. You know, I I just, I don't know, I just think what you do is is just, it's just so, so great. Is, what else, you know, let me ask you this. Let me, let me, let me, let me throw a curveball at you. No pun intended as far as baseball goes. Um, (laughs) Knowing what you know today, growing up and did, did I, if you said this, I forgot this. Did you say you had brothers and sisters? I know you have two sons. Did you mention if you have two sisters and a brother? Okay, everybody's, are all those kids, are all of you surfers, or are you the only surfer in the group? Just me. Okay, <laughs> that's interesting. So, yeah. and of the four kids, what number did you place in the in the order of events? I'm, I'm second oldest. Second oldest, okay. So, my, my older sister's a CPA, my younger, my younger's an attorney, she's a prosecutor in Los Angeles, and my okay. brother is in the financial business. Okay, you know, I remember this now because it was your CPA sister that that got this whole ball rolling, so to speak. That I remember yes. that now. So, <laughs> so based on what you know about yourself today and who you are mm-hmm. today, what advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know today? Um, <laughs> That's kind I, of a hard question, funny. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's hard and it's easy because I've thought about that. I mean, I, I have an internship program at my um, at my production company, and I tell my interns like, for, there's various ways to answer this. I'm going to answer this from the, the things that I got wrong in life. Okay, I would say, <laughs> I would say, make sure I would say buy property early on. Don't rent. Buy. I would say buy whole life insurance. Don't buy term. <laughs> and I would say. Um, I tell, I tell my interns out, it's like, make sure you buy something, make sure you get life insurance now while you're young, while you can do it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would tell my younger self as far as like common sense types of things about how to navigate in the world and be more successful that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I come, if, if I were going to tell myself something creative, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would have said to my younger self, go for your dream. don't ever give up and believe in yourself no matter what anybody else says Hmm. because there was there I did have a different dream I really wanted to be an on-camera reporter I really did Mm -hmm. and someone told me early on that my hair is way too curly and people (laughs) like me people that look like me don't go on television and I believe them Mm -hmm. and I think I might have I might have had an opportunity that I missed because I believed that person. I listened to what other people said instead of believing in myself. And I've accomplished so much in my life that I'm, that I'm proud of and, and happy to say I've accomplished. And 
I probably could have accomplished anything if I just mm-hmm. believed that thing. You can be anything and do anything that you want if you just believe in yourself. And if I would have yeah. believed that back then, I think I might also be have been an on-camera reporter and loved doing that as well, although I've loved so much of my life. Um, I, I, did, I did almost everything. I almost was an on-camera. I was, I was a reporter, just not an on-camera reporter because I did report news. Um, producing is a lot, is also similar to reporting. It's very similar. You're telling a story. You're basically telling a story with visuals. That's interesting. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know I, it's, it's great to not live a life of regret, and it's great to know your purpose and, and what you have a passion for, and clearly that's you, and um, your boys are watching you, and, and, your, and your staff are watching you, and um, do you have, you know, you, you also on your website, you have some other offers that you've offered people as well, haven't you? There's something I do. That I, I would, do have some offers. Why don't, you tell, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're offering? Oh, yeah. Well, the, the fun offer is, as you know, throughout this conversation, I've talked about surfing and how much I love surfing. And I told you also that I come up with so many creative ideas yeah. in the surf lineup. Right. So I, I encourage other people to go surfing because I think it's like the best thing in the world. And if you haven't tried it, do. But if you are a surfer and you're a business owner and you want, um, you're looking for ideas, I say if you come join me in the surf lineup, I call that a board meeting. If you, if you mm. organize a board meeting with me, any creative ideas that we come up with in the lineup I just let you have them for free. And normally I charge a lot of money for my creative concepts because that's all, you know, that's what I do is I create, I, I help people create ideas and ways to tell stories. So that's my one offer. Join me for a board meeting. Um, and then my second offer, which is really new, um, I've been shooting video in my production, with my production company for so long. We have so many beautiful aerials and amazing shots of the beach and the South Bay and lifestyle of people enjoying their life here at the beach in the beautiful Southern California that I created a new um, stock footage website called South Bay Stock. And so I'm asking anybody who subscribes to my YouTube channel, which is, um, you know, my client creative media YouTube channel, I will offer you three free downloads, drone video shots, from my stock footage library, free. So it's $150 value, totally free if you subscribe to my YouTube channel. And that's for the first 500 people that subscribe, they'll get the, those three doubts, free downloads. After that, um, I'm not sure what my next offer will be, but that's my offer right now because I'm interested in having a lot of people subscribe to our YouTube channel so that they can really see what we're doing and sure. um, be the first people to see what's, what's, what we've been up to. You know, it's funny. Who would have ever imagined when you started doing all of this? I mean, the technology where we are today is not where we were when you started this quite some time ago. And <laughs> not at all. It's, 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 it, it, you know, just the ability to open um, something up on your telephone, because that's what we used to call those things. No, we call them cell phones, smartphones, whatever, 
it's it's really remarkable what we're capable of doing and and you obviously are just staying on top of all of this and staying you know uh, available in 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 the media world to be able to offer people what they're looking for and i i just think it's phenomenal what you do marcy it's it's really I don't know what you love best about it, but I would imagine I, – I, I can't even guess what you love best about it. If you had to just say one thing, what would you say you love best about your career? Um, I just love being creative, especially mm-hmm. in the field. I love, love being out in the field with the camera crew, collaborating. Um, I love coming up with an idea and then having my cinematographer, um, he or she, taking my idea to the next level. And just mm-hmm. coming back home from the, from a shoot with more than we expected, because it's it's always a collaboration. I mean, I mean, we all have ideas, but taking mm-hmm. everybody's everybody's ideas into consideration, it's amazing when we put our ego aside. And it's not about us; it's about the project and being creative. Yes. It's amazing how it all comes out at the end of the day, better than I can ever imagine. Usually, that's a good feeling, isn't it? You can kind yes. of just take that deep yoga breath, just relax yourself and just go, wow, what a day, what a day. And look at by what I'm doing, how I'm helping. Is Jenny Phillips, is that her name, one of the women from the documentary? Yes. Yeah, by just helping Jenny and her four friends. You know, you're doing that. You're doing that. And there's got to, this is ego aside, this is just, so satisfying to be able to say I'm living a life with purpose and so many people don't even know what that means or how to do it and clearly you do and without even necessarily realizing it all the time you are role modeling that not just for women but for anybody that you come in contact with that says wow look what she's doing I wonder if I could do something what do I really want to do you know, I was born to talk. Obviously, this is something that suits me because it's something that I feel comfortable doing. But to be able to find a, a purpose and a focus and what you love doing, that's why I love doing this. This is why I love featuring you and all the other people that I've had on for these past eight years. And I just want to thank you so much for being part of this and sharing your story with our audience today. I've, I've loved every minute of it, Marcy. Well, I appreciate you having me. I've really enjoyed your questions. You're, you're a very great, great host. So thank oh, you, for, thank you. For, for speaking the way that you do. You're welcome. And, you know, I'll be, you know we're, we're ending April together. I don't know how that happened that we're already moving into the next month, which is May, but we are. So um, thank you once again for, for, for joining me and closing out this great month. And um, I will let you go fire up your drone. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and, um, <laughs> and I look forward to making sure that our listeners know how they can find out more about you after this uh, podcast is over. So thank you once again. It's, it's been a joy. <sighs> thank you. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.